from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Edward Young, who was an 18th century poet, once wrote that we are all born originals. Why is it that so many of us die copies? Have you ever found yourself trying to look like someone else? Or have you ever wished that you were more like everyone else in one way or another? Be honest. It is human nature to want to fit in. And because of that, we often sacrifice what makes us different in order to be accepted by others. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the beauty and blessing in staying true to who God created us to be. As we will discover in our Bible study today, it is precisely when we embrace our differences that we find our true place among all humanity. Before we get to the Bible verse that we will study today, I want to remind you that we are following the Worldwide Jewish Bible Reading Plan, which takes us through the five books of Moses every year. This week, we begin the fourth book of the five books of Moses, the Book of Numbers, or in Hebrew, as we say, Bamidbar, which literally means desert. It also is the name of this week's Parsha, and it covers Numbers chapter 1 through chapter 4, verse 20. I encourage you to read it this week. All right, let's dive deep into this week's Bible portion. The verse that we will focus on today comes from Numbers chapter 2, verse 2, and this is what it says. The Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting some distance from it, each of them under their standard and holding the banners of their family. In this section of the Bible, God tells Moses and Aaron how the Israelites should position themselves wherever they are encamped in the desert. God directed them to place the tabernacle directly in the middle of the camp and then gave very specific instructions for where each one of the 12 tribes would set up their tents around the tabernacle. Each one of the tribes has a God-designated place and uniqueness. In our verse, God specifies that each tribe would pitch their tents together, yet in their own space, and with their own banner. Now, the Hebrew word used in the Bible for banner is degel, which literally means flag. And actually, even today in modern Hebrew, we refer to the flag of Israel as the degel Yisrael. It was amazing. Just a few weeks ago, Israel celebrated Yom Hatzma'ut. We had our 73rd birthday, our 73rd Independence Day. And all over, there were Israeli flags that were hanging on almost every home, on the highway, going from cars and public spaces. And you're probably familiar with how the Israeli flag looks. It's white with two wide blue horizontal stripes across the top and bottom and a blue Star of David in the middle. The Israeli flag that we know today was actually designed in 1897 by the 
first Zionist Congress, and the intention of creating a flag for Israel was that it would represent the Jewish people. So they put a lot of thought into how this flag could represent the uniqueness of the Jewish people. So they chose a white background, which is a color of newness and purity to represent the rebirth of the nation of Israel. And then you have two stripes of blue, which are actually not any blue, but techelet, the biblical blue, the color of heaven. And they are referenced to the Jewish prayer shawl. And they represent the Jewish tradition of prayer and connection to God. And then in between, you have the Star of David, which recalls, of course, King David, who established Jerusalem as the eternal capital of the Jewish people. The flag of Israel was created to represent what Israel is all about today. And when I watched my kids proudly waving their Israeli flags on Independence Day, I don't know, something about it was just so emotional for me. My heart swelled with pride. I just love it that they identify with the unique flag that represents their unique identity, the Jewish people, and everything that we stand for. Just as the Israeli flag represents the people of Israel today, the flags mentioned in our Bible verse represented each one of the 12 tribes back then. But you have to ask the question, they were all part of the Israelites. Why did each tribe need its own flag? Why not have one flag for the entire nation, kind of like we do today? We are so used to the idea that Israel was made up of 12 tribes. But when you think about it, you have to wonder why. Why were there tribes at all? I think about this often because... One of my favorite things is when I drive with my family in Israel, we go across the country and everywhere we go, we still see evidence of the 12 tribes and their designated God-given territories in Israel. There are areas in Israel that even in modern Hebrew are still referred to by their original inhabiting tribe, like you have the Naphtali Mountains or the Dan Territory, or the Desert of Judah. But why did God create these divisions in the first place? And are there other examples where God seems to emphasize differences instead of unity? According to Jewish tradition, when the Red Sea parted, when the Jews were leaving Egypt, it split into 12 paths. Each tribe had their own path to go through. And then you see the breastplate of the high priest, the ephod, had to have 12 different colored stones on it. Each one represented a separate tribe. And of course, each tribe was assigned to a specific territory in the promised land. Wouldn't it have been better to get rid of anything that kept the tribes different and maybe separate from one another? I want to share a story with you that I think will maybe give some clarity and answers to our questions. It is an old tale about a Jewish community living in a Middle Eastern country hundreds of years ago. So the story goes like this. There was a ruler of a country that decided that he only wanted Muslims to live in his country, which meant that all of the Jews who were living there had a decision. They could flee, they could convert, or they could be killed. 
Now, the Jews panicked and they sent their chief rabbi to go and plead with the sultan and ask him to revoke the decree. This rabbi was very wise and he approached the sultan and announced that he had brought a gift for the sultan on behalf of the Jewish community. And then he laid out two rugs in front of the sultan. One carpet was a beautiful oriental rug with many colors and patterns, birds, animals, and flowers. And the other rug was very plain. It was just a plain red rug. And the rabbi told the sultan that he could have whichever carpet he thought was nicer Now, of course, the sultan became enraged and said to the rabbi, how insulting the colorful rug is obviously more beautiful than the plain one. Do you think I'm a fool? And the rabbi calmly replied, certainly not, which is why I am confident that you also prefer an empire full of many shades of people, not all just the same kind. And with that, the Jews were saved. What the rabbi taught the sultan about his kingdom is also true of God's kingdom, that it takes different types to form a beautiful whole. And the same idea applied to God's people, the nation of Israel. Yes, God wanted unity, of course, but not at the expense of individuality. A unified whole can only be as strong and as beautiful as the individual parts that form it. That is why God treasured the 12 tribes of Israel and commanded them each to have a flag of their very own. Just like in the temple service, you had the Levites, you had the priests, everyone had their own service that made up the whole. So too each flag here for the different shvatim, the different tribes of Israel, represented each tribe's unique strengths and contribution to the whole. It represented what made them different and special. It symbolized their place within the nation and the role that only they could fill. The images on the flags were awesome. They were based on the blessings that Jacob gave his 12 sons just before he died. Jacob blessed his sons according to their unique strengths and challenges. Jacob's hope and his blessing was that each son would live up to their individual potential and ultimately work together as one nation. Like puzzle pieces, each tribe completed the others. And in the same way, God created each one of us with a unique set of talents and treasures, and experiences that make us special and different than anyone else. We each have a role to play, and it's one that only we can fill. Like each one of the 12 tribes, we have to know who we are and be proud of what makes us unique. We need to celebrate our differences and appreciate what each of us can contribute to the rest of us. We may know this to be true, and we might believe it in our head and our heart, but we have to ask ourselves, do we live it? Because the reality is that we live in a society that tells us sometimes the opposite, that we need to fit in, 
We need to look a certain way and to act a particular way and to believe certain things. Yet there are two very deep problems with this. The first is that when we try to be someone that God did not create us to be, we just set ourselves up for failure. The brilliant Albert Einstein once said, Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. If God made you a fish, why would you try to climb a tree? And if God made you a certain way, it is so that you can do the specific things that he has called you to do not to try to do the same things as everyone else or what everyone else expects of you. The other problem with trying to blend in with everyone else is that we deprive ourselves and the world of the amazing person that we were created to be. Now, Albert Einstein was very different than his peers. He didn't talk until he was four He didn't read until he was seven. His teachers thought that something was wrong with him. Maybe he was stupid. But really, he was just developing his own way of thinking. Thankfully, Einstein wasn't too bothered by being so different. He celebrated it. And ultimately, his different way of thinking changed the world forever. The best that we can do to honor God with the life that he has given us is to be the best version of the person that he created us to be. One of my favorite stories in Jewish tradition is the story of Rabbi Zusha. It's one that really illustrates this idea. Rabbi Zusha of Anapoli was a great Jewish scholar and teacher that lived during the 18th century in Ukraine. He was a simple and righteous man and one of the most respected rabbis of all time. The story is told that when Rabbi Zusha was on his deathbed, he was sobbing uncontrollably and no one was able to comfort him. Finally, one of his students asked him, Rabbi, what are you so worried about? Surely you will be accepted by God into the kingdom of heaven. And to this, the saintly rabbi replied, My dear student, I'm not worried that God will ask me, Zusha, why weren't you as great as Abraham? And I'm not concerned that God will ask me, Zusha, why weren't you as great as Moses? What I'm worried about is that he will ask me, Zusha, why weren't you as great as Zusha? And then what will I reply? As the rabbi understood, God doesn't expect us to be like everyone else, but he does expect us to be the very best version of ourselves. Since it's Mother's Day today, I want to add one more personal touch to this for me. So many of us parents fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to other parents. So many great moms beat themselves up because they don't feel as good as the other moms out there. 
And with all of our kids at home this past year, this definitely only got worse. Some of us were able to homeschool our kids and make sure that they didn't miss even one online class while others of us struggled to even make breakfast. But one thing that we can learn from our study today is that we are all different types of parents. And that is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Some of us are great at making schedules and enforcing rules, while others of us excel at being laid back and patient. Some of us are good at doing art projects with our kids, while others of us are good at helping with math or maybe taking them out to hikes. The point is that we all have something special to offer our children and the world as long as we are doing our best. Because as long as we're doing our best, we're doing a uniquely amazing job. In fact, Jewish tradition teaches that children pick their parents before they're even born. The souls of our children chose us because we are best suited to be their parents and give them exactly what they need. Today and every day, we need to celebrate the unique kind of parent that we are and the unique children that we have been gifted by God. As a mother of four children, I know that the best gift that we can give our children is to help them discover the unique and wonderful person that they are. No matter what stage of life you are at, we all need to embrace our differences and celebrate our individual roles in the kingdom of God. Like the 12 tribes who each had their own flag, we need to know who we are and what we stand for. We need to proudly embrace it and to share it with the world. There is an ancient Jewish teaching that says the day you were born was the day that God decided that the universe could no longer exist without you. This week, take some time to think about who you are, what you stand for, and what makes you unique. If you had a flag like the 12 tribes, what would be on it? What is your history? What are your strengths? What can you contribute to the world? Remember, the world needs you. Don't ever waste your time trying to be someone else. Shavua Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.